to the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Youthon. And today, um, we're going to go ahead and go over some NBA extension um, news. Of course, we saw today that Trey Young getting a $275 million contract um, with the Hawks. And that is a big, big extension for a breakout star. Um and led his team to the Eastern Conference Finals um, alongside Kevin Herter, um, Clint Capella, Bo, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, and and of course Danilo Gallinari, um, and and John Collins, but. Um, this is a big thing for Atlanta. They're getting back a young star um, at the only at the age of uh, 22, and he's still um, going to have um, that sense of growth of a game. Um, and he's able to his um, ability to maneuver along with uh, shooting a floater and also the alley. Um, and confusing a defense, breaking them down, thinking it's a floater, and then he throws a lob, or if he um, goes with the floater, and also being able to lay it in and find his teammates um, in the corner and also shoot deep threes from the logo. Um, It's interesting to me on how um, the Hawks um, continue to use it, especially they're going to use a lot more spread-out offense under Nate McMillan, um, but we'll see. Um, what happens there? Um, Rudy Gobert, Jason Tatum, um, Paul George, Damian Lillard, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Bam Adebayo, um, Kawhi Leonard, um, all have signed contract extensions. Um, and those are big, big names, um, especially, um, the claw is really, really good on defense and Kawhi Leonard. Um, Jason Tatum is great um, scoring offensively along with a defensive anchor um, at power forward or small forward, any forward position. And he can give you um, everything you want, especially um, in Boston and how they um, operate um, around him and um, develop around him especially. Um, but here, it's interesting um, to see what they can do um, with Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert has won many, many defense player of the years, and it's um, shown that he can do um, a lot of things that many players can't, and he's shown that he can do it at a really, really high level and high rate. Um, it's great to see one of the greatest um, defensive players we've seen of the um, era of the 2010s. And if you look at what a guy can do um, at the center position now and how developed our centers are in this um, in this time of basketball, um, it's great to have a defensive anchor. Um, you've got Carl Anthony Towns. You've got um, DeAndre Ayton. You've got uh, Marvin Bagley. You've got 
um, Willie Cauley-Stein, um, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, um, and then, of course, you look at the people behind him in the early 2010s, uh, Pau Gasol, Marc Gasol, um, and especially um, Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, playing power forward but can develop into being that big center. Um, but as when I think of um, great post players and defensive anchors, I think of guys like Willie Cauley-Stein, um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and um, having that defensive anchor along with being able to get rebounds and assist their teammates. That's a that's a whole nother package in itself um, besides scoring and then being able to um, use, like, hook shots and stuff, along with Brooke Lopez, too, as well. Um, and, and looking at those guys, I look at um, guys that can play great defensively and can set up um, – can set up – um, defense is really, really um, fast, um, along with um, using um, good um, vision up the floor if you um, get a rebound and you need to um, find an open man, especially in press uh, situations late in games, um, on inbounds. And if I look at what... Um, Sinners can do. I feel like that is something that is key. Um, defensive anchor, good rebounder, um, and good against certain types of defenses in situations where you need to get the ball down the floor quickly instead of having to burn a timeout and be able to get um, really, really, really close to the basket um, without making a costly turnover and having to use an intentional foul um, instead of holding the ball safely and using one of your timeouts. Um, and if you do that, um, it could definitely set up um, your pace better as well. Um, so those are pretty much all the contracts, contract extensions. Also big news is Lonzo Ball is headed to Chicago uh, for Thomas Sanoransky. Um and a Thomas Sadoransky a pick um and one more Chicago player um and um they will head to um New Orleans and he um gets an extension of 4 years a 4 year extension uh with Chicago so now in Chicago um, is Lonzo Ball. That is interesting um, to see what can happen. Of course, um, Chicago and uh, Charlotte are two um, interesting um, places as rivals, of course, with um, a really good rivalry there in um both of those teams from the Queen, Queen City um, to Chi-Town. So as we um, 
go into segment number two, we will review um, my college football quarterback rankings um, and t- my top 20 um, ahead of the college football season, along with my top 10 c- college football head coaches rankings in segment number three. In um, segment number four, we will go ahead and um, talk more on what to expect um, out of those um, after the trade deadline for the MLB um, headed into their first couple of weeks of play with their new teams. All that and more on today's um, show on our, on our Monday, um, live from Cabo St. Lucas. Mexico and an interesting and an interesting um, week for us as we will have more um, lists and we will get back to more news as well. Um, guests will be on next week or the following week um, once I return to normal. But that, all that and more on today's show on Monday, August 2nd, 2021. We'll be right back after this break for segment number two as we will talk fo- college football over um, ahead of the 2021 season starting in uh, September. Back to segment number two. We will start... Um, this one by to- we will start segment number two by talking about my college football co- head coaches rankings, my top ten for um, the twenty twenty one college football season starting in September. Um, number one, I have Nick Saban uh, from Alabama. I'm interested um, to see how he um, he continues to strive. Um, of course, he's led to Alabama um, to many national championships over the years. Um, and he's shown that he can be one of the best head coaches um, in football. Um, and he's done it without having um, some of the greatest defensive coordinators um, or having some of the greatest offensive coordinators um, as he kind of runs it himself, basically. Um, and he's led um, Alabama to a great record. Um, they've only lost a couple games um, in his co- head coaching career. Um, and if he uh, continues to strive, he'll have many, many more um, accomplishments as a head coach. The second um second on this list I have Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. Um he's arguably one of my favorite head coaches um in college football. Um Dabo Sweeney is a smart um a really smart head coach um because he knows um what is expected from his offense to his defense to his special teams. And he knows 
that he will um, scream and yell at you if you mess up. And if he um, wasn't the coach at Clemson, I feel like um, they wouldn't be at the point that they are, um, like, at the same success rate as he has put them in um, over many, many years. And it's always fun to um, watch him and how he respects other coaches um, and respects um, how other coaches um, strive and um, how other coaches work and how interesting it can be. Um, And playing all different types of teams is really, really interesting for Clemson. Um, And they... um, And he has a great supporting um, cast around him. His defensive coordinator, Brett Venables, is, is the best defensive coordinator in the country. Um... Um, great at coaching um, his defense, and they always have the best defense because if you don't put pressure on a defense, they start to slow down and they start to um, lose a lot of their concentration um, when guarding wide receivers or rushing the quarterback or slowing down the run game, and they get gassed really easily. Um and he's always um, being that guy that um, you always um, know that he's a super-duper hard worker to get his team in the right state of mind and um, in the right uh, position to play um, and get his team um, and get his players prepared for a higher level of um, competition in the pros to where um, if you lose focus, something uh, something bad will happen, um, leading to release or cuts um, into free agency. And you really don't want that, especially from defense, in which has a lot of potential. And that's why I feel like good state of mind and concentration can be demonstrated by a coach and when you think of a defensive coordinator, I think of Brett Venables as that guy that'll light a fire underneath you um, to get um, you going early on in um, games and practices um, ahead of important games that you definitely want to win, especially um, to impress NFL scouts um, ahead of the draft, especially in their um, junior and senior season. Um, And it's interesting, um, the next head coach um, at number three is Kirby Smart um, from Georgia. Kirby Smart is one of those guys, um, he kind of reminds me of Dabo Sweeney, one of those hardworking coaches um, that pounds you um, a lot and gives you um, the greatest perspectives perspective on things. And it seems like um, him and Dan Mullen from Florida have really been 
um, those top dogs in the SEC East for many, many years now um, because that is where, that is why um, things uh, go that way and which um, it's interesting for me to um, speak on. Um, Kirby Smart is really, really, really good. Um, and he leads his team to victory. Um, he knows how um, ba- a balanced offense should run as he's ran it um, for many years now at Georgia. Um, really good with the run game and really good with the pass game. Um, and his ability to develop um, those big positions at running back and wide receiver are going to help him um, in the long run. Um, there's a little bit of question um, towards quarterback. Um, like, since Jake Fromm, um, but it may, um, it may change uh, later on. Um, so if he figures out that quarterback position, we should see a great um, improvement and development from Kirby Smart at Georgia. Number four, I have Ryan Day um, at, Ohio, uh, at Ohio State. Um, of course, he's led his team uh, with Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, but I feel like Ryan Day is one of those guys where um, you look at it and he's kind of the new guy there, um, but he's one of the most talented coaches um, that college football has seen um, over – a stretch of um, games um, in a stretch of a season. He improves his team so much to where um, they are almost dominant toward the back half of the season. And especially developing new quarterbacks, and of course having a new quarterback this year in C.J. Stroud, you definitely want to be that guy to where you want to be that coach at the highest um, point to develop a quarterback, and if you don't develop a quarterback, um, they may will start to be that slow, that slow down, um, ill-advised thrower that um, makes bad reads and um, bad decisions with the ball, either running or throwing, um, depending on if they use their legs or not. And if I look at um, what a guy can do. Um, Ryan Day can be a guy to um, develop a guy and see what they see what where they best fit um, a position and um, whether or not um, they'll be more successful at that position, um, especially um, something that happened um, with to carry on Joiner at South Carolina. Um, where he switched to wide receiver and was more developed there um, than at quarterback. Um, and Ryan Holinsky took over um, at the time before he entered the transfer portal. Um, and one of those, uh, another guy that is like Dabo Sweeney and Kirby, uh, Kirby Smart, um, Dan Mullen, I have um at number six um 
But before I get to Dan Mullen, I'll talk about Lincoln Riley. Um, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, um, especially um, developed um, really, really, really talented quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, um, Kyler, and um, and Jalen Hurts, obviously, and Spencer Rattler now. Um, but if I look at what a coach brings into um, a quarterback and a great offense, I look at Lincoln Riley as that guy where, hey, I'm going to develop you into an NFL quarterback and you're going to be um, one of the hot um, draft picks there um, and be one of those um, top draft picks that jump uh, up the boards. Um, and not just, um, being able to have a great offense is key. Um, not one of those great defensive coaches, um, but he can get the job done defensively too as well. Um, I see more of a defensive coach in Dan Mullen or Ryan Day, um, along with Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney, um, I see offensively kind of Nick Saban. Um, and this next um, this next guy, Dan Mullen, um, kind of reminds me of uh, Kirby Smart's kind of man- mentality. Um, a hard um, a hard nosed coach that um, will tell you what you did wrong and scream at you in your face. Um, because he wants you to improve to a point where you are at the level of where you can be toward your junior and senior season um, to get to that point where you're developed enough um, to play the next level, unlike at as a freshman or sophomore in college. Um, the next guy, Jimbo Fisher, one of the great one of the best coaches um, I've seen, especially um, from his time at Florida State to now at Texas A&M, one of the best um, and a lot better than um, Kevin Sumlin um, at his time with the Aggies. I like Jimbo Fisher because of how um, hard he works to have a great balanced um, team, especially using Kellen Mond. Um, last year and all of his years in college um, to a great extent, along with um, Watermeyer, Sternberger, um, Spiller, and guys that on offense you can build around and have a great balance attack running, passing, and especially using Kellen Mond's legs um, at some times, probably not running big long runs, um, but running, um, good enough for first downs or in the red zone situations. Um, and Jimbo Fisher developed, um, has developed really, really good running backs in Spiller and Dalvin Cook. Um, Dalvin Cook was sensational at Florida State, um, led them to, um, pretty much, um, what they've had, uh, for bowls. Um, 
but Jimbo is one of the um, great coaches, um, and especially him being in the SEC, uh, we get to see a lot um, of the great coaches um, be in that Southeastern Conference and um, play at the highest level, um, especially. And it's really, really exciting to see uh, Texas A&M compete with Alabama, um, Georgia, Florida, and so many other um, great schools all in one conference. Um, The next coach I have is P.J. Fleck of Minnesota. Um, I'm not really basing this off of my college football top 25 um, because – most of these teams are from my top 25, um, but as coaches' rankings, I changed it a little bit um, to have um, more of a, of a variety of coaches um, there. And P.J. Fleck is one of the um, defensive co- coaches, as I've um, stated, more a defensive coach um, when it comes to – to developing a um, a great um, a great team um, and having a great defense, um, especially a great secondary and um, linebacking core, is really, really, really um, something nowadays with um, high passing offenses, um, especially in college football, um, to look at wide receivers and quarterbacks and tight ends um, towards their NFL um, draft combine and what they can do um, with speed and strength and if they're a physical wide receiver and what category to put them in um, and how um, and what teams uh, look for um, that certain trait in them. Um, offensively, he's pretty good. Um, he has Tanner Morgan at quarterback. Um, and he really surprises me, um, as one of the best coaches offensively and defensively. Um, but more of a defensive coach I see out of him, but he can definitely, um, start to turn balanced if he wants to, um, in order to get wins, um, and lead his team to bowl games at the end of the season. Um, Matt Campbell of Iowa State um, at number nine. I really, really like him. Um, Has Brock Purdy at quarterback. Um, But as a coach, he's really, really, really talented. Um, More of a defensive coach, I would say, here. um, But has some offensive weapons. Um, Really, really, really good at um, giving um, recruiting players and um, them being one of the top dogs in that um, Big 12 conference is really, really interesting. And they may be at that top um, at that top spot for a while um, with, I, with Oklahoma State um, with by um, that 2025 mark um, after Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC. 
Um, the final coach in number 10, we have James Franklin of Penn State. Um, I know that they have struggled a little bit um, since McSorley and Saquon had left. Um, but if I look at what James Franklin does as a head coach of a team, um, I look at um, certain bright spots I see out of them other than some big-name coaches that um, have great schools but um, aren't in that elite top um, coaching category. And that's what I see out of James Franklin. Of course, he, he moved from Vanderbilt to Penn State um, and Penn State. And he's made Penn State into one of those uh, teams in the Big Ten um, that can contend for a college football playoff. Um, and especially um, now with the new playoff format, um, he's definitely go- going to try and develop his team into a playoff team. Um, and James Franklin, despite a couple down years um, from winning a Big Ten championship um, and making a couple New Year's six, um, they should um, be one of the um, top teams that we um, want. He should be one of the top coaches that we have seen in college football. And he makes the top 10 for the college football head coaches rankings. That will end our segment. Um, segment number two here on the Sports Insight podcast. And we... Um, we'll head to break. Right after this, we will review my college football quarterback rankings, and that will be my top 20 for 2021 um, ahead of the season coming up in September. Um, we will have more news on the um, NBA toward the end of, of the show um, in segment number four. Um, but segment number three will stick with college football and my college football quarterback rankings coming up right after this break on the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor.